are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman, and actually, I am very happy to do another crossover episode with one of my favorite Locked On Network hosts, Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. Jeff, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, Sean. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a little bit of a while since uh, we both uh, hooked up for a crossover show. Both our teams are well into their offseason and uh, hopefully uh, improving as next season comes up whenever that's going to be, Sean. We all don't know when next season is going to be here. Yeah, agreed. And, 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 you know, I think that that's, you know, one thing to, to really keep in mind is that, you know, this offseason, you know, there, there are a lot of teams, you know, even more so than we had thought about, you know, some playoff teams over the past few weeks, their offseason has become a lot more interesting with coaching, with coaches leaving and things yeah. like that. But just in general for everybody, it's going to be very interesting as they keep moving back the draft and free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, fans are what matter. But, I mean, what do you think, Jeff? Maybe you know, February, basically the all-star break of next of, of what would have been the all-star break next year mm-hmm. is a guess? Yeah, we, we heard Silver say the um, dream scenario is the December, but he even admitted that that's likely not going to happen. So um, January now is the best-case scenario. I mean – this virus really put a crinkle in everything, um, you know, for all sports, not just the NBA. And you got the draft, you know, pushed to, uh, what is it now, uh, November 18th. And no, more than likely that's going to be virtual. Things are changing. Times are changing in, in the world of sports. You know, when they do get back, I just hope it's done safely. We, we get it. You know, Sean, we're not dumb. We, we understand, you know, it's a business and they want to get fans in the seats again. And that's their goal. But I think fans, you, you know, are also anxious to get back in stadiums, arenas, you know, the stands, and then cheer on their uh, favorite team, like your Grizzlies and my Spurs. Of course, and and you know, of course, there's you know, obviously, I I thought you know all along when it comes to the pandemic and COVID nineteen and all that stuff, you know, for whatever reason you you think it may be I, the vaccine, you know, whatever happens yeah. with the vaccine, I'm not getting to all the discussion about that, but when that's in place for you know you know everyone to have access to it you know to some extent i think that that will be a big domino to fall um but but i agree with you you know it's it, it's going to be interesting but the other thing i will say is this jeff is that one thing that i am thankful for is that the nba again leading the charge mm-hmm. but in general sports has done a great job you know major league baseball has had their struggles you know at the beginning of the year but just in general, sports have done has done a very good job of putting in safety f- protocols and forcing them and keeping their players and staff and everybody involved with the league safe in general. Yeah, you're looking at major league sports; uh, they're pretty, you know, doing a spot on job. You mentioned the MLB; um, they had some hiccups to start, NFL a little bit, but it's really the college um, level where you're seeing things still not really under control. Players, you know, football players now because it's football season, you know, testing positive at several colleges and. Um, hopefully that does not continue because uh, everybody's anxious to get back to a normal life. But it's going to be a while, including uh, the NBA. We we know, you know, what happened to this past season's been truncated, and uh, we're seeing you know some great playoff basketball. Nonetheless, you know, and kudos to the league you know, for it being for the most part fanless, except for family and friends there now. You know, the games on TV have been exciting. Uh, they really make you feel like it's a real game in a in a packed NBA arena. Uh, complete with that fan crowd noise. Look, we all know it's fake, but it still adds to the element of just enjoying a basketball game as if you would had the pandemic never happened. And Jeff, before we get into our own teams, I will ask you a little bit about that. You know, so um, we we both, you know, experienced, um, you know, for the Grizzlies, it was a bit disappointing, but ended on a good note. For the Spurs, it was certainly more exciting than most anticipated. They actually, you know, probably outperformed expectations. Nothing against the Spurs, just in general, though, um, with their performance in the bubble. Uh, But, you know, we have seen more excitement in the bubble. You know, a lot of people thought it was going to be the Celtics and Bucks and then the battle for LA in the Western Conference Finals, but the Nuggets and the Heat, you know, we've talked about different elements of these two teams. Yes, they have their superstars, but they also have depth and just the development of, you know, the role players that they have as well. Um, you know, your thoughts on, you know, the success of the Heat and the Nuggets and, and the two series we've got going on right now. Yeah, it, it's fun times. You know, if, if you're um, the Boston and uh, Heat, you're a Boston fan or a Miami fan, you're loving that series. 
It's going to be competitive, you know, with Gordon Hayward back. Uh, that adds another dimension, uh, not only positively for Boston, but negatively for Miami, who now has to deal with him. And even a um, 80% Hayward back, you know, is pretty good if you're Boston, considering you did not want to go down 3-0, and they're you know, now 2-1 now. And in tonight's game, or by the time anybody listens to this show, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, um, game three is game four, excuse me, will be exciting. And, of course, uh, L.A. and Denver, look, as – Coming from Spurs land, I get it. You know, Spurs fans were uh, hoping and crossing fingers that Kawhi Leonard, you know, public enemy number one, would not advance. And he didn't, and everybody was cheering for that. And, you know, yes, they were being very petty, and they announced it. These Spurs fans were very open about it, being very petty. But for me, it wasn't just about, oh, because Kawhi is a former Spur and how he left. I just wanted to see a competitive series. That's what I wanted to see, just a knockout, dragout series. And I didn't care who was on the rosters. And unfortunately, you know, LAC, the Clippers did not make it. Denver's there. And, you know, look, I get it. You can't discount Denver considering they are the comeback kids. But, you know, playing against the Jazz and then playing against the Lakers, that's apples and oranges. And if they go down 0-3, it's all she wrote for them pretty much. Uh, and, you know, knowing Denver, they'll come back from an 0-3 deficit and be the first team to ever do it. And, then you know, I'll be looking like egg in my face. But, yeah, uh, Denver, they just – Outside of Jokic, they don't really have that much size. And then, you know, they're just seeing Howard and Davis and McGee just throwing that Joker wave after wave. And they got, you know, big guards, you know, that can hound uh, Murray. I like to see their role players step up. I think Grant and, you know, Harris and Dozier, all those guys, they got to step up if they don't have any chance to come back in this series. But whether you like it or not, if you're a fan of Denver or LA or, Boston or Miami, it's just good basketball, Sean. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get a good NBA Finals at the end. I agree completely. So let's see here. Um, quality depth, role players stepping up, superstars who ha- are playing at ceilings higher than most anticipated. It, it, this sounds familiar. It sounds like a franchise <laughs> that went 21 straight postseasons and won five yep. titles over two decades. It it sounds like the Spurs, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. So it it probably is like looking in the mirror. Jeff, let's get right to it, though, as far as the Spurs go. You know, one thing, one difference between the Spurs and the Grizzlies, they both had similar seasons. But the offseason, with the Grizzlies there, I'm not saying that there's more continuity than with the Spurs or things like that. But in terms of roster certainty, you know, the Grizzlies have, you know, eight or nine of the players in their rotation locked up for multiple years. But if you go to any list of potential free agents coming up over the next two seasons, you see nearly the entire Spurs roster there. So a lot of moving pieces potentially this offseason. Your thoughts about, you know, the Spurs, you know, really dealing with the roster that could see a lot of turnover, you know, over the next couple of seasons. Times are changing. Uh, they are in San Antonio uh, with the, um, the end of the Big Three era and, of course, what could have been with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they needed to go in a different direction. You saw that out in Orlando. When Popovich openly announces that he's not there to scout his competition and that it's time for these kids who uh, prior to the bubble got barely any NBA run. That was a sign. That was a signal that the big three era was there ended that, that reign of playoff um, excellence and appearances was over and it was time to turn uh, the leaf. And boy, did they, I mean, they started off in a great foot. I think with this uh, crop of young kids, they got that can bode well for their future. And even more so going back to your point about um, the uh, roster being different, uh, maybe after next season. You have potentially DeMar DeRozan gone, if even if he opts in for this coming season, you know, that he still will be a free agent. LaMarcus Aldridge in his final deal. Don't know the futures of uh, Bryn Forbes or Marco Bellinelli. The young guys will be there, and that'd be Coden Johnson, Derek White, DeJounte Marilani Walker, hopefully Yaka Pirtle, and uh, Quindara Witherspoon, and whoever they draft at number 11 in the upcoming NBA draft. So they're, they're starting uh, from scratch again, and it's – it's going to be a while before they get back to uh, playoff glory, let alone NBA Finals glory, let alone NBA Championship glory. Uh, they 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 still need to bring these kids along slowly. Um, I was told through some of my sources that the Spurs' young guys got together last week for a mini camp, which I thought was just awesome. Uh, guys like 
Lucas Amanich, one of their draft picks last year, and um, going to Weatherspoon and Ket Johnson and DeJounte Murray. All these guys got together in San Antonio to put on a young boys, if you will, uh, Spurs minicamp. Uh, I talked to several players, and they told me that the theme was just get better and continue that competitiveness that they saw that they displayed out in Orlando. I like that. And a Spurs fan, I think everybody should enjoy that as well. And frankly, Sean, look, not to discount anything about this young crop they have right now, but they're still not a cornerstone piece on this roster. I cannot look up and down this roster right now and say, you know what? DeJounte Murray, he's a franchise guy. Lonnie Walker, he's a franchise guy. Not to knock them. They're good players. They're really good. And they still got the you know potential to become great. And I hope they do. But as of right now, this roster does not have that guy. And I think that's what they're going to need, whether they rebuild to the draft, whether they swing for the fences and make some blockbuster deal to get in a top quality player, you know, upper crust in league player. You know, the Spurs are going to have to uh, do and rebuild as they're doing right now. I asked a lot of Spurs fans, you know, if you look at this roster, is there anybody you can say untouchable that is so untouchable that, you know, no way they'll ever part with him, you know. And for the most part, not all, but for the most part, Spurs fans told me, no, that there is not a player that's untouchable, including guys like Derek White, DeJounte Murray. So um, you had your, you know, your close one. They, a few fans say, well, White and Johnson are the closest to untouchable. But even at then, you know, they were still willing to, you know, be okay if the Spurs were to trade them, if they brought in a superior talent. Um, so that should tell you exactly the state of the franchise and the fan base is right now is, it's turning a new chapter that's moving away from the big three era. It's it's time for these guys to shine. And I'm glad they went that route in Orlando. It was the smart thing to do. And Sean, they nearly pulled it off. It came down to the final regular season game out in the bubble for the Spurs to find out their playoff uh, fate. And they did everything they can do, you know, outside of uh, getting some help. So if that's what they did in a small sample size in eight games, I would love to see with this new crop led by most of the young guys and a few vets sprinkled here and there next season, whenever that comes, Sean. Yeah, and, and the thing that I'll say is is that, you know, it, while it was exciting for Spurs fans, the Suns, obviously, the Pelicans were a disappointment, the Trailblazers. You know, for the Grizzlies, we we weren't that excited about all the other teams being yeah. excited about their performance in the bubble, just to be honest with you. Uh, of course, you know, the, the thing, though, that they're – the good thing about the Grizzlies season, though, in general, Jeff, was that, you know, because of the exceeding expectations and the fact that they were there when no one expected them to be even in the bubble, is that they put themselves in a position that a lot of rebuilding teams want to be put in, and that no matter what the outcome was, it was going to be positive. And one thing that came out of that is the realization of just how important a player such as Tyus Jones was, because we really missed him, and also the emergence of a Grayson Allen. So while the Grizzlies did not make the playoffs players that they still have under control we came to learn that hey you know they actually improved we, we learned the value of Tyus and we learned that you know uh, Grayson really could emerge as a potential shooting option mm-hmm. for us off the bench and so you know that's that's an awesome thing of course obviously you know it has been a, a fun offseason so far you know with the awards and recognition that have come for John Morant and Brandon Clark and others and Taylor Jenkins even you know you had mentioned you know when it came to the Spurs they have a lot of good players and they do I do think that the Spurs have very very good you know one underrated thing about them is very good size in terms mm-hmm. of their guards and their wings but with Grizzlies, you know, we feel we do have a cornerstone, someone that could be, you know, moving forward, could potentially be that superstar type presence in John Morant and a very good, you know, duo of supporting bigs and Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. So the future is much, much brighter and, and in a much, much quicker time frame uh, than many had thought. So, you know, just a, a lot of fun things going on in Memphis. You know, we, we love the continuity. We love the certainty. We're loving the fact that a lot of the traits – you know, that we're seeing with the heat and a lot of the traits that mm-hmm. you saw with the Spurs, not to the level that they were, obviously, but the potential was there to where they could get to that level. You know, the ability to develop, the continuity throughout the franchise, you know, just the, you know, the, the creativity and the intelligence of how to be one step ahead, right. the progressive thought processing. 
that all is something that you could, you know, for the first time really in a while, maybe in the history of the Grizzlies being in Memphis, that you can, you know, put towards them. So I'm going to take a quick break real quickly. And, and when we come back, I'm going to let, let Jeff give us some details, you know, kind of looking at the roster. And, you know, there are some changes beyond the roster as well. We're going to kind of take a look at the potential offseason moves that the Grizzlies and Spurs could make to their rosters. <laughs> Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies, Locked On Spurs crossover. So, Jeff, you know, just a couple of ideas. Your two top, your top two things as far as okay, this is the big question, maybe the two biggest questions for the for the Spurs when it comes to their offseason and how you think they need to approach them, whether it be roster, coaching staff, or whatever it may be. Yeah, there's several big storylines for the Spurs this offseason. Um, to no surprise, we'll get this one uh, out of the way first. DeMar DeRozan's future in San Antonio. He has a player option, $27 million on the table right now that he could pick up uh, at some point during this offseason and, you know, make it uh, one more season in San Antonio. And all signs are indicating that it's possible that he will do that. Uh, the question for him, though, beyond next season is does he want to stick around for a rebuild? And you know, he's already, you know, been in the league for a while. He's still without a ring. Does he go uh, ring chasing? Does he take his talents after next season uh, to a team that's a little bit more ahead of the curve as far as making a, a deep playoff push? The Spurs are not there yet. That's something he has to think about. But considering the economics of the NBA right now and what happened with the pandemic and teams hurting for money, uh, he's definitely, you know, if he's smart. He would pick up that player option and get paid. That's probably the biggest payday he's going to get in this offseason, unless, you know, a team does a sign and trade with the Spurs, you know, there, there's that option as well. So, but if you read the tea leaves in his final uh, chat with the media on the bubble, a lot of we's, a lot of we're excited for next season. We like this group. Uh, we're looking to come back stronger. A lot of that type of vibe. So all signs are pointing though nothing concrete, that he will return. The second storyline, and I think it's kind of getting bigger and it may even supersede and surpass DeMar DeRozan as far as a a storyline is the future of LaMarcus Aldridge. What's going to happen with him? He's in his final contract year with San Antonio, and he's made it very public that he misses Portland, that he envisions finishing his career in Portland, that he's made amends with Damian Lillard, uh, during his time in Portland, that in his first stint, and um, he also likes to shout out how many times he enjoys the color red and black. So you look at that, and then you see how the Spurs played without him out in Orlando, free flowing, up and down, no stopping the play, no stopping the ball. You know, Demar Derozan was enjoying that free for, free flow play. The young guys were definitely enjoying it. Kelton Johnson, you know, Derek White, Dejounte. Uh, you got to wonder, you know, do the Spurs entertain the thought of trading LaMarcus Aldridge, whether it be in the draft, whether it be, you know, in season or whenever the trade window is open. If if he wants to finish his career in Portland, then open that up with Portland and say, hey, do you want him back? He's exactly what you guys need right now. If you want to make a playoff push, the uh, reliable big that has a presence in the paint and to free up some space for Lillard and uh, McCollum. So there's that, and I think that's slowly becoming a bigger storyline for San Antonio, the future of LaMarcus. And even so, if he does decide to finish out his final contract year in San Antonio, Sean, then that's still okay for San Antonio because that's a lot of money off the books after next season where they can be serious players in the free agency uh, hunt for top quality players. And I think the third one now, and this is also uh, surfacing again like every year, is a future Becky Hammond uh, in San Antonio. Uh, will she stay on and hopefully get the nod to become the next head coach should Popovich uh, retire sooner than later? Or does she leave for a team right now searching for a head coach? She got asked um, to t- speak with Knicks. The Knicks got permission from the Spurs. She did it, uh, eventually went to Tibbs, but there's that. And then you look at she um, is supposedly and reportedly on the uh, Pacers shortlist. Uh, to take over the job there. My point is, is that something's going to happen. Either she's going to be the next head coach in San Antonio or take her talents elsewhere. Shouldn't be surprised if she takes her talents elsewhere because 
if she feels she's ready, then by all means, go for it, Becky. You know, nobody's holding you back. Go, go join the Pacers, the Pelicans, um, the Bulls, the vacant uh, spot. She would do well wherever she lands. Uh, just not Houston, because I think that would be a tragedy for <laughs> Houston if she goes there. But nevertheless, uh, you know, you got Reggie Miller pushing her for uh, the uh, Houston job. I think that's kind of a bad one right there for her. You, she needs to go to a young team, a team that she can mold. And that's why I look at the Pelicans or stay in San Antonio where the young guys are still moldable. They're in that phase of their career where they can still learn, adapt. Good Houston, you know, West working hard and they're setting their ways now. You know, they're, they're not going to change anymore. Um, so I hope she stays on, Sean. I, I really do. It makes sense for her to stay. Uh, it makes sense because the city's embraced her. It makes sense because the players there already used to her, a customer. She knows that the Spurs system left and right, up, back and up and down her hand. She's been with the Spurs for, um, I believe, over six years, six or seven years, something like that. I would hate to see her go, but if she does, I cannot blame her. Look, we Spurs fans have been down this road before. Mike Bunehoser was thought to be the heir apparent to pop. You know, he took off to Atlanta, then now uh, Milwaukee. Ime Udoka, he's, you know, being uh, bandied about as a name to be the next head coach of a team. You have uh, Tori Messina, who, again, another guy that was thought to be the next Spurs head coach, but he left to oh, oh, play uh, to coach overseas. In Italy, where he openly says, "Yeah, I couldn't wait any longer. I wanted to be. I want to be a head coach." So, w- would not be surprised if she does the same as past uh, Spurs assistant coaches. Well, and that's the, that's the one thing. Before we get, well, before we talk a little bit about the Grizzlies, just a, a couple of other you know points based off what you said. Great insight. You know, this is why I love talking with Jeff. Um, any chance that I get, but it seems like you know you mentioned three points. You mentioned Demar. You mentioned Lamarcus Aldridge. You mentioned Becky Hammond. Do they run it back? You know, for another you know right. run uh, next year? Should the Spurs potentially you know um, you know I know that clearing them off the books for a 2021 you know free agency run would make sense, but do they potentially cash in their trade chips and, and try to get assets to support yeah. going after? Or free agent in 2021. But the big thing comes down to Popovich, it seems. You know, how long it, it is really Popovich going to stay? What, in your opinion, what makes the most sense? Do you do you gather an idea of how long Popovich is going to stay? And do you feel it makes sense to either look at a rebuild with Becky at the helm or trying to stay competitive as possible and, and keep the bets to, you know, support the younger players and add a big name potentially in free agency? Kind of which way would you go, Jeff? You know, I thought about this a lot, you know, what makes sense. And for me, I think with pop one more season, that'd be next season um, would make all the sense because let's just pretend they stick uh, with their 11 pick in the upcoming draft. They don't trade it. They keep it. They draft smart and they bring in a quality player. And I think he will help mold that young player and give him a good foundation. And then from that point, he has to relinquish the, the, the reins, He's going to be coaching in Tokyo in the Summer Olympics. I think that is going to be his ultimate goal. I, it would not surprise me to see him retire on that kind of note, you know, win an NBA title, which he's done already five times, and then a gold medal as a head coach for Team USA. That would be, I think, poetic. But, you know, Pop is not into poetic and romantic endings. You know, he's all about business and getting the job done first and foremost. And you, it makes me – another reason why I think next season could be his final season is because when they uh, were able to uh, sign LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, he was called out, you know, jokingly, obviously, because, you know, the whole thing was, oh, well, Pop, I thought you said you were going to retire when Tim Duncan retires, and that was going to be your swan song. Well, if you recall back uh, when they did the press conference, I think LaMarcus Aldridge, and I believe Popovich as well, they said that Pop was going to stick around. That was one of the big things for LaMarcus uh, when he signed with San Antonio, and Pop said, yeah, he would see this through and he'll be with LaMarcus till the end. So with his final contract coming up uh, next year for LaMarcus, you know, Pop as well. No, not his final contract. You know, he can go and come whenever he wants. But I, I would not be surprised if next season is his final season. As far as the rebuild with Becky, again, it just makes sense. The young guys, you know, they're, they're very young. They're moldable still. They're not set in their ways. You sprinkle some vets in like they have right now with Rudy Gay, DeMar, LaMarcus, and Patty Mills, and you got yourself a good building block. And look, Sean, there's that 11 pick. You know, Spurs, you know, have been brave, and they traded during draft day. That Perhaps the biggest one is the Kawhi Leonard deal with Indiana. And I think they could entertain that as well. The good news is Spurs have 
options. And that's something that I think anybody would love to have, just options. What are the best options? So the rebuild is here. It's it's beginning. I think you rebuild with a new coach because why you can go through a rebuild and then the root of that rebuild is starting to take um, hold on the ground and then one of your biggest seeds, Popovich, leaves. He retires. And then does that stunt the growth of the rebuild? I think you rebuild with a new coach. And hopefully it's Hammond. If not, whoever it is, Sean, that's some big shoes to fill, though. Agree completely. And, 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 you know, that's the thing about it is that, you know, that that's that's the story of the Southwest Division. We'll talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. the division itself in the third segment. But you see, you know, all the teams really, you know, either – you know, it's coming into the frame like it, 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 it that's at the end of the tunnel for like the Spurs and uh, the Rockets or you've had the Grizzlies, the um, Pelicans and the uh, Mavericks who all have gotten really lucky in the draft that has accelerated their rebuilds to where everybody this season was right. a, a playoff contender. And, and, and oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I you Go just right um, no, thank you. You just reminded me of something. See, when I look at the Grizzlies. I think that's the path the Spurs should take. When I look at the Thunder, I, that's the path the Spurs should take now. Your Grizzlies built through the draft. John Moran, uh, Jackson, you, you added some veteran pieces around that. And now look at them. Look at OKC did. They swung for the fences. They dealt Westbrook, a player they thought nobody would trade. And they acquired so many draft picks, and they're rebuilding for the future. So when I look at your Grizzlies and the, and the OKC, I think, you know what? considering the state of the Spurs right now, that's something they should look at. And so kudos to your Grizzlies for uh, doing it right. Well, and that's the thing about it is that, you know, it, it, the Grizzlies now being looked at as, as a model organization, I'm not saying that's the case, but it, it's there. You know, a lot of people, even with our recent hires um, um, uh, on our coaching staff, you know, it just seems like every single part that the Grizzlies do, every single decision that they made is looked on with positivity, which was such a contrast to what it was over the past decade. And it's because Zach Kleiman and Jason Wexler and Taylor Dinkins are also calculated and, and not necessarily conservative, but careful, you know, very thorough with their process and it has paid off huge dividends obviously but you know, we talk about the Spurs offseason the Grizzlies offseason thankfully you know because of all the activity and all the you know for lack of a better word hits that they had with their moves last offseason the Grizzlies offseason may not be as active and you know that in of itself you know is kind of kind of a you know I don't want to say it's a negative but it, it, it's it's less exciting which you know you know for any organization you want excitement but it seems like with the Grizzlies, you know, a couple of big questions for them is, okay, you know, you've got your core in place. You've locked your core in place for the foreseeable future. What do you do? Do you make a big win now right. move to really yeah. accelerate the rebuild or do you stick? But the other thing about the Grizzlies, though, is that, you know, I, I talked with you before the show, um, you know, a, a little bit about, you know, a statistical, um, you know, trait of the Spurs and the Grizzlies in terms of what they find successful. You know, the Grizzlies find, have a lot of productivity in the paint, while the Spurs have a lot of success shooting the ball. But the thing about it is, is that the Grizzlies were fifth this year in the frequency of their field goals that came within 10 feet or 10 or less feet of the basket. Problem is, though, is that, of the ten team of the top ten teams in the league, who most frequently shot near the basket, only mm-hmm. one of the teams made the playoffs. The Grizzlies were fifth in that category. Wow! But when you look at pull-up shooting percentage, when you look at the percentage of hit shots on pull-ups from three, the Grizzlies were last. Seven of the top ten teams that were in were in the top in a pull-up percentage from three made the playoffs. The Spurs were not one of them. But they actually were had the highest percentage of made shots on pull-up threes in the league. And the reason why I bring that up for the Grizzlies is because that's a trait that we need to add to our core. There's not just tons of potential out of our core when it comes to you know self-sufficiency and shooting. But one area where we could add that is the bench. And Jeff, you may have a little bit of knowledge on a few <laughs> players, Bryn Forbes and, and Marco Bellinelli, who are free agents who the Grizzlies could add to their bench that could help out in that area. Yeah, those are two free agents uh, that San Antonio has right now that uh, I think would help your Grizzlies in that department. You have Forbes, a knockdown three-point shooter, a guy that's going to space the floor, and Young still. He's not old. He's still, you know, I would say entering his prime for his position. Though, you know, the usual knock on him is the lack of defense 
not for lack of trying. He really does try. He's just if he could just grow six more inches, it'd be great. You know, but unfortunately, he's not that. But with three point shooting, points production out of players, a premium in today's uh, NBA, and your team lacking that uh, outside threat, he would be a perfect fit for you guys. Um, and also, think he'd be a good fit for even a team like Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia uh, should be looking at him as well once the free agency period begins. With Marco Bellinelli, same thing. A guy who actually did very well in the bubble, you know, and I think that got overshadowed because of the young guys, and rightfully so. The young guys, you know, look great, and those Spurs fans are excited for the future of the franchise. But Bellinelli was one of the veterans that played the most for San Antonio, and boy, was not you know, out of the norm for him to finish a double figure scoring, uh, shoot a high percentage away from the, uh, the paint, knock down a three. If you need a crazy circus shot, three point shot from uh, deep, all you have to do, if he does sign with the, with the, your Grizzlies, just tell the teammates to shove him because he loves off balance shots. He makes off balance shots. Like you would never believe a veteran presence for your young guy. I think that will bode well. And a guy who's familiar with your team because you know, there is, there's a lot of Spurs connections in Memphis, uh, whether that be Taylor Jenkins and now uh, Blake Ahern, who is on that uh, roster, uh, that coaching staff for you guys. So there's familiarity there on your end, knowing what the Spurs, I'm sorry, what the Grizzlies is going to get with Bellinelli. So if shooting is the need, spacing the floor is the need, reliable outside shot is need, then you it make all the sense for your Grizzlies to be looking at Forbes or Bellinelli. And I agree completely. You know, we're we're very, if there's a player who probably is going to create the most headlines for the Grizzlies, you know, at least over the next few months, it's going to be DeAnthony Melton, who made a difference. He's a he's a nice contrasting style to the offensive ceiling of a lot of our players. But you know, it, does he really fit what Taylor Jenkins wants to do? You know, we'll see. You know what happens with him. But if for some reason he does not wind up sticking around, you know, maybe Forbes because another nice addition or Bellinelli, you know, to the the bench unit uh, to support our, our starting. A lineup. We're right. going to take our third break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more with Jeff. Going to talk about, you know, are there any philosophical changes coming up for our organizations as far as what they did this year going forward? And we'll talk about the Southwest Division in general. Hey everybody, I want to talk to you quickly about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com is a place you want to go to to get your, well, your next health treat. And when I say health treat, I even use that loosely because it tastes like a candy. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They come in a variety of flavors. They got six new flavors. You got to check it out at BuiltBar.com. Great for the health conscious person. Great for the keto diet. Great for anybody looking to lose a few extra pounds or just maintain weight. And uh, you need to go to BuiltBar.com right now to not only pick up a fresh box of the Built Bar protein bars. Well, you want to get and take advantage of their $10 um, off your next order deal. You heard that right. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get yourself 10 bucks off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And when you go there, make sure to let them know that Lockdown Spurs sent you. Oh, and by the way, have a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Amazing flavors, amazing selection, BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked on Grizzlies, Locked on Spurs crossover. So, Jeff, I'll ask you this question. I talked last segment about how I feel like, you know, the Grizzlies' paint productivity was a strength of theirs this year, and they did well with it. But, as we know, the, the Spurs were, were very good at shooting, and it seems like that, obviously, when you look at playoff success and, you know, you look at the season in general and how the NBA is treating, that's where the preference is. But I will ask, with the 11th pick coming up, and, the, and, you know, with, with the questions about Aldridge, you know, Patel also, you know, potentially, you know, his future, you know, not certain there in, in San Antonio. Size. How does size play into the Spurs' offseason plans? Do, do they look to bring some more in, or may they stay more with the small ball preference going forward? No, I, I think they need that tweener guy, that small forward, 3 and D, yeah, big, if you will, versatile big. Um, next season because they lack that. I think that's what they need. You know, not to knock Rudy Gay, you know, he, you know, but you know, he's a veteran. He's, you know, not the same Rudy Gay as in Memphis during the, his heyday with you guys. So that is definitely addressed, uh, at least should be addressed in the draft. You look at some of the reports out now, uh, 
as far as um, re, you know the type of players or who they're looking at as far as uh, draft. A lot of six nine, six ten guys that the Spurs have reportedly on their radar. Guys like uh, Precious Achua. Uh, you have uh, I think it's Jalen Jalen Smith, I believe. I think that's his name. If, forgive me if I get that wrong, listeners. But my point is, they're looking for that mold, that type of player, a big that can play multiple positions, athletic and quick. The Spurs don't have that right now. So would not be surprised if the Spurs do that. You know, a guy like, you know, Obi Toppin would be, you know, almost perfect for what the Spurs need right now. Unfortunately, the chances of that happening, him falling to the uh, Spurs at number 11, likely won't happen. Nevertheless, though, this is something that I think Spurs fans, you know, we, we can see. It, it's it's apparent that, you know, size, not LaMarcus Aldridge size or Joker size, but that small forward, big three and D guy that can defend the perimeter, quick, athletic. The Spurs need to address that, whether it be in the draft, Sean, or free agency. And it seems like that, you know, if the Spurs were to, you know, land that need in the draft, it would just be a continuing trend that we referenced in the second segment. We talked about the Southwest Division, and, and a lot of it truly has been luck in the draft, Jeff, when you really think about it. I mean, when you thought two years ago, I don't think the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, or the Pelicans would have imagined that they would have wound up with Zion, Jaw, and Luka, but yet here we are. And, and it's so exciting. You know, it, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, you know, now don't get me wrong. If you're a Grizzlies fan or you're a Pelicans fan, Spurs or Mavericks fan for the future, the thought of having to, you know, contend with um, Luka four times a year or perhaps yeah. playing a playoff, that's not too much fun. But it seems like that, you know, the, the Rockets, you know, the draft opportunity, the opportunity to get to land just a, a great pick, it really doesn't, it's really not there because they use theirs as trades or they use their picks in trades. But it really seems like that that's what kind of the Spurs need. The luck that the the uh, that the Mavericks, um, Grizzlies, and Pelicans have had, the Spurs really seem like that they could use that like they did nearly a decade ago with Kawhi to really transition them to the future. Yeah, and again, building through the draft, and that's how the Spurs got to prominence. You know, they drafted Tim Duncan, you know, but that took a lot of luck. They had to land the number one pick. They did, fortunately. Um, drafting smart, Mono Ginobili, Tony Parker, making deals during the uh, trade day, Kawhi Leonard, as we mentioned, and for George Hill with Indiana. So it's it's back to that. And fortunately enough, the Spurs have already started that path. Kelvin Johnson, I recently had a chance to go one-on-one with him on Locked On Spurs, by the way. And uh, he told me that they're ready to move on and make their own chapter, make their own mark on this franchise that would – it was interesting, the question I asked him, I go, like, what does it feel like following the big three shadow? You know, that is a big, gloomy shadow in San Antonio. You know, you young guys are reportedly, you know, or no, you are the next generation. He tipped his cap to the the big three. He said, yeah, that's fine. You know, what they did is immeasurable. and They'll never, ever duplicate this. But the vibe he told me was that these young guys are ready to make their own mark. Okay, fine, great. I like that. They need to do that. But they need to do it sooner than later because this division, this conference is getting competitive. The Mavericks, your Grizzlies, the Pelicans, they already started their rebuild and they're moving, pushing forward. The Spurs just started eight, uh, during the bubble. You see where I'm going with this. So they got to hyper speed this if they want to stay relevant, rele- relative, excuse me, relevant and competitive in a very competitive conference and division, Sean. No, and agreed completely. But I think you also hit hit the nail on the head. Is that you know you've got to be willing to move on, and it's not just the young players having the drive to create their own identity. It's the same here in Memphis. Our young players are very respectful of the players that came before them. Jaron Jackson Jr. loves Mark Gasol and Mike Conley, what he what those two players did for them. John Morant is very respectful of the players that came before them. But the grit and grind era was a, a, a it had a limited you know ability about it. it the sum was better than the individual talents or than the individual talents that made it up. I feel like the potential with the Grizzlies core 
is now certainly there. And the thing about it is, is that the Pelicans and, and, and the Mavericks, they may have, you know, bigger names and, and you know, higher superstar potential in Zion and, um, uh, a Luca, but there's a lot of traits again about the Grizzlies that match the Spurs in the past and the Heat and Nuggets. Now, this young team knows that they have quality depth. They know that they are building a strong core, and not only do they have the desire to get better, but they actually enjoy the work that it takes to get better. So, I think that you hit the nail on the head, Jeff. Is that you know, yeah, the Spurs may not have that cornerstone. But they at least have young guys who want to tread their own path, who want to you know create their own trail. But they know that it's going to take work, and they enjoy the work that it it takes. So yeah. the mentality and, yeah. and you know the, the overall chemistry that's needed, I think it's there for the Spurs with their young core, and it certainly is there with the Grizzlies, and that's what makes the future of this division so exciting. Yeah, exactly. It is not just um, your Pelicans and and the Mavericks in the division. There's the Rockets. They're they're still going to be there, and I know they're going through some fluctuate fluctuations right now in the coaching area, but there's still going to be a problem, at least in the regular season. We don't know how that's doing the postseason. So there's that. And you know, Zion's going to get a full season uh, next year, whenever that happens, whether it be shortened season or not. Uh, you got to look, you got to look at the situation. Um, who else is in our division? I'm sorry, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, you know, they're going to get better. And I mean, Sean, I mean, this is, you know, and I know everybody looks at the Clippers and the Lakers you know, and they're going to still be an issue for the Spurs and your Pelicans. Uh, you know, what? when does it begin for San Antonio? And it begins now and forging that path to becoming um, that powerhouse team that they were uh, years ago. And it's going to take time. I always tell Spurs fans, you're going to need a lot of patience, a lot of patience um, in the upcoming seasons because these young guys are going to make mistakes. They're going to goof up. They're going to have their sophomore moments, their soft, sophomore wall they're the draft guy that they're going to pick, you know, he may be stashed away in Austin in the G league, you know, and his development may need some time to get better. So I'm glad the Spurs started to do the rebuild um, in the bubble. And it was a long time coming. I mean, it was just so obvious. This is, was the smart thing to do and they did it. And that's the other thing about it for the Grizzlies is that I agree with you on it, Jeff, like we, we you know, the success that we've had and, and the accelerated timeline that has come from that success is great, mm-hmm. but they're also, you know, is patience, you know, and as, you know, several folks who cover the Grizzlies have stated, including myself, you know, next year, it's not a guarantee. We actually could be a better team next year, but because teams like the Trailblazers and the Pelicans and the Mavericks and the Warriors and, and Spurs and other teams could get, you know, more talented players back because they're further on the competitive timeline, the Grizzlies could actually play better, but not make the playoffs. And that's not a step back. It's just the natural way things worked out. And so the thing about it is, is that despite the accelerated success that we've had, patience is the key. But the one thing I'll say, um, as far as the Southwest Division and our Spurs and our Grizzlies and the other teams in it, the other aspect of that, though, is that as these teams continue to move forward and, you know, everybody's going to be at least for certain of the next two or three years, they're going to be either be working their way towards the playoffs or trying to stay in the playoffs. The games between each other, the 16 games that each of the five teams in the Southwest Division have against the other four teams, all that's going to do is make them better for the playoffs. And so I think that the Southwest Division could present the source of the next surprise team that before it's expected for them to actually do it, could make it to a conference finals like the Heat and the Nuggets. So the other thing about it being so competitive in our division is that I think it, it benefits each individual team once it comes to the postseason. Yeah, and it's, it's going to make for a great uh, regular season. It's going to be great for, you know, down the, st- the stretch period of seasons, you know, when the uh, playoff uh, chase is uh, beginning. It's going to be good. But, uh, again, you know, I think if I look – when I look at the division, I see the Spurs, you know, still looking up. I don't see them as of right now. Obviously, things can change. A big deal can be made. These these young guys turn it on and they become an all-star next season. Who knows? But I see Dallas ahead of them. I see Houston right now ahead of them. I see your your Grizzlies, you know, slightly ahead. Slightly. <laughs> Not too much. Uh, but so the Spurs really got to, uh, you know, get things going. And I think next season is going to be interesting for San Antonio because we'll see the, the tone uh, for this franchise moving forward with these young guys. Do they stick around? One thing that really stood out for me when the Spurs were playing in the bubble was Popovich. And I forget what game it was. I think they were in the thick of uh, the, the, the restart games. And uh, he said that he's also looking at these, young, these uh, games 
to see which young guys want to be here and don't want to be here. Again, another sign that they're taking this rebuild seriously, Sean. So, Jeff, it was nine four. Or excuse me, it was eleven forty a.m. on September twenty second, twenty twenty. Now, I don't know how closely you've been following the Rookie of the Year um, uh, voting, but you know, John Morant did point out the the person that did not vote for him, and you just took a slight towards the Grizzlies by saying we're slightly <laughs> ahead of the Spurs right now. So I'm not even sure that this is gets to jaw and that's you know, like, kind of like Michael Jordan taking things personal in the last dance. We're going to make sure that this is content that, you know, jaw we use for motivation. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause, um, uh, but look, you know, I, I say slightly ahead because if you look at the bubble games, I think Memphis and the Spurs did play right. And we got the W. Yeah. So I'm saying, well, you know, Memphis, on paper, they're better than San Antonio, but you know, I get it. It was the bubble. You know, it's it. You know, things were crazy there, and you know, you're looking at Miami. You know, they're who thought who would have thought they'd be in the conference finals right now. Um, so, um, but again, you know, who knows if that gap gets bigger next year because that's another season of Jaw and Jackson and the rest of the crew out there together. While the Spurs are um, starting to get going, and that's why another thing I liked about the young guys doing that uh, mini camp. Uh, together on San Antonio, it, it helps jumpstart that next uh, chapter in Spurs history. Yeah, and the thing that I'll say is, I, and the reason I joke with Jeff is because I enjoy talking to him so much. All joking aside, I feel like the Spurs and the Grizzlies going into next season are on pretty even, um, you know, pretty even level when it comes to the talent. You could probably point towards uh, the, you know, with the Spurs, especially if they keep DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, they likely are more talented right now just because of mm-hmm. those veteran preferences. You know, when it comes to the Grizzlies, there may be more potential, more room for development. Uh, but but all joking aside, I, I completely understand what you meant. And the Grizzlies, you know, they've committed to the rebuild and have had success. That may be something that the Spurs find that they need to do. So that's something to consider as well. The whole point, though, is, is that, you know, this just goes to show that again, the reason why we're so excited about the future is not only about you know the team that I cover in the Grizzlies and the team that Jeff covers in the Spurs, but being in a division where there's so many other teams with so much excitement about their futures and 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 just you know with an offseason that's going to be very important to the next few years. So it's really going to be exciting to see. Jeff, before edition of the uh, Locked On Spurs and Locked On Grizzlies crossover, where can folks in Memphis find your stuff? And do you have anything big coming up yourself? Um, as far as projects are going into the end of 2020? Uh, the, perhaps the big project right now has happened while you and I were recording this episode. I recently spoke with Keldon Johnson on Locked On Spurs today, 9-22-20. It's out now, right now. Um, and it's a great interview. I mean, he talks about his um, start in high school and what it meant for him to see his high school jersey get retired and the names that are hanging in that arena now of with him to following the big uh, three uh, footsteps and also adapting to Texas life and even more about which player among the Spurs vets really took it to him in training camp and in practices to really test the young guy. It's out there right now on Locked on Spurs. You subscribe to any platform. Sean knows this. Uh, David Locke has us everywhere. You Even smart speakers. Am I right, Sean? Just say Locked on Grizzlies, Locked on Spurs, and it'll play it. So whether you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, subscribe to Locked On Spurs and Locked On Grizzlies and the rest of the Locked On Network shows. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. And go to the Spurs Zone, which is News for San Antonio, Fox29SanAntonio.com. I am the lead Spurs uh, digital journalist for the uh, two uh, TV stations out there in San Antonio. And, again, that's uh, just Google News for San Antonio Spurs Zone. You'll find it. Check out all the stuff there. And for myself, if you are a Spurs listener, uh, we here at Locked On Grizzlies, we have a lot of respect for the Spurs and their fans and their organization and the people that cover them, yes. such as Jeff. Um, you know, though they are a big rival, but you can follow myself at Stats SAC on Twitter. The show at Locked On Grizzlies, as we say, you know, follow my work over at Grizzly Bear Blues through SB Nation, and you can find our podcast anywhere that there may be. And at some point, I want to get Jeff back on the show because Jeff if I if I'm correct me and you share another interest in the and and that is comic book fandom am I correct oh, about that oh yes 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 I make no bones about it I am a big big nerd and I'm very proud of that and there's one thing I love is comic books and comic movies and what ifs and uh pop culture 
I, I love it. I mean, if I, if I wasn't doing this, Sean, I think I would have had like a pop culture nerd, you know, geek cast, uh, you know, whether it be comic cons or virtual cons now, I, I soak it all up. And, you know, and I, I embrace it too, because it's in the era that we're living in, in time of days, you know, one thing that you, me, male, female, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you name it, we all were kids once. And that kid is still living in us. And so what not, uh, what better than to relive those childhood moments um, uh, than uh, through comic books and, you know, movies and whatnot. And hey, look, we're not the only ones who passed on these uh, myths and, you know, legends of the, the Greek stories, you know, they talked about a guy who threw thunderbolts from his hand and lived in the sky, Zeus, you know. So um, even my, uh, my Mexican background, you know, my culture, you know, talk about big flying birds and, you know, bringing colors to the land, you know. So it's all within us. So uh, that's why I love the medium. It's just so awesome. And it opens up the imagination, Sean, so much. And I think that that's the big thing. I, you know, I, I won't speak for Jeff, but I imagine through the times that I've had to talk with him, it is true on his end as well. That's why we love doing what we do here, talking about sports, talking about the sports teams that we love. It's because you know it, it, it bring it's it's passionate. It reminds us of when we were being a kid and just being a fan and just being able to talk about something that we love. That's why we love comics as well. But you know, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology also as yeah. well. So, but who who knows? Me and Jeff may get together and collaborate on a Southwest, <laughs> NBA Southwestern Division series in which we create a group of Avengers led by Jaw and led by Jonte Murray and others to go up against the Thanos in our division in Zion Williams. And Jeff, that may be something we could collaborate on in time. Oh, yes. You know me. I, I'm really, my mind is already going crazy right now of all the scenarios I can play out. Well, for Jeff Garcia, my name is Sean Coleman. Whether you're a Spurs fan or a Grizzlies fan, we can't thank you so much for joining us and taking the time uh, to be with us. Jeff, do you have anything else before we finish up? Other than, uh, you know, tune in to that Keldon Johnson Locked On Spurs um, episode. It's it's great. Uh, you know, it, it's a must listen. I usually don't say that. You know, I, I try not to toot my own horn when it comes to um, what I do. But this is something that all Spurs fans, even Grizzlies fans can, you know, enjoy because it gives an insight into what a young player goes through, including, I didn't mention this, I should mention it now, what it's like for a rookie going into their first pro NBA training camp. It, it's really interesting what you have to say. And of course, Grizzlies fans will love to, you know, get that perspective with, you know, how much success we've had with, with the rookie combo of John Morant and Brandon Clark. And of course, if you are a Locked On Grizzlies listener, also remember that we are in the midst you know, of our offseason outlook for our rivals. You know, I talked with uh, Jackson Gatlin of the Rockets yesterday, talking with uh, uh, Jeff today. Um, so it's a lot of great content coming up about the Grizzlies rivals. But here's the thing. We thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, for Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs, my name is Sean Coleman with Locked on Grizzlies. We can't thank you enough for joining the shows. We hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon again on the Locked on Spurs and Locked on uh, Grizzlies podcast network shows.